0: chat? and I gotta wait. (laughs) Marnie, just cough when we Uh, live. Welcome to another week of It Is What It Is Radio. I'm your host, Fly T. Miles. Before we get this show started, this is King Porter Forever Friday. Please give my brother Jamel Raymond Bishop a moment of silence. This is King Porter Forever Friday. Moment of silence, please. Thank you very much. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. Nick. Hey. Nick is back in the building with us. How <laughs> you been? I've been
1: pretty good, pretty good. I can't complain. I won't complain. How about yourself?
0: Any day above ground is great. And as long as they're giving out food stamps, I'm even greater. That's <laughs> all I'm going to say.
2: That is
0: just <laughs> Before we get this show started, I think everybody should break out a piece of paper and a pen, go get a notebook, something. Because today, yeah, Nico on it, <laughs> today, For everybody out there that has credit, questions, concerns, we have credit and financial advisor, Ms. Donovan Gibbs. Welcome to the "It Is What It Is" radio show.
2: How are, How you? are you today? Good. Oh. Thank you for having me.
0: You're welcome. You're welcome. You listen. I got excited once you told me about this credit thing. I I really believe that we all need to be educated because we need to know the good, the bad, the ugly. We need to know as much about credit as we can. I got my pen. My first question is, please let the world introduce yourself and let the world know exactly what you do.
2: Well, my name is Donovan, and I've been a credit counselor and a financial advisor now for about 15 years. Um, And I work with some individuals, you know, of all walks of life, cultures, backgrounds, doesn't matter, that have... Uh, Credit issues, want um, to learn about credit literacy, business owners that want to learn credit, business credit, Um, and overall just the general population. I mean, unfortunately, you know, I'm I'm Hispanic as a minority growing up. I wasn't taught the concept of credit. Let me know, can you guys hear me okay? Because I went off of Bluetooth. Uh Yes.
3: Yeah. Um,
2: I wasn't taught financial literacy, you know, growing up in a Hispanic family. We sat at the table and we gossiped, you know? So it was unfortunate that I had to rip and fall and learn the lessons of financial life the hard way. And I uh, coincidentally and fortunately, by the blessing of God, ended up in the arena of finances. And I became a counselor about, well, I got certified about 18 years ago, but I really, really got passionate about it 16 years ago. So. You know, for anyone that's looking to dramatically improve their credit, learn about credit, properly manage and monitor their credit, other financial aspects, then that's pretty much you know what it is that my children.
0: Okay, you you have any questions, Nick? Because I got a I got a bunch.
1: Have a a ton of them, also, but I mean, (laughs)
0: ladies first. We can rotate. Yeah. Oh man, this is the one. I'm happy you're
1: here. Well, no, see, I. I think with me, with the credit, when I, once I realized that credit was actually more important in some cases than money, is when I really started paying attention. To, you know, my stories and, you know, I think those because I mean, most like we, 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 cash cash we don't, we don't, really, they don't teach us the do's and the don'ts and then for a lot of people that um like once you turn 18 they're starting, they send you that mail they send you the and then nobody tells you, you know how to you just, you just got that card in the mail that you can go, you know buy stuff not knowing that it's enough it get gets much debt that you have to claim so my big question is how long after you do like a
2: bankruptcy does that affect you um how long after a bankruptcy does what affect you specifically the bankrupt like it, it shows up on your credit report so what happens is once you follow chapter seven um specifically where you're wiping out all of your um unsecured debt because you cannot include you know certain types of debt. You cannot include student loans, federal, and state debts. Although, by filing a Chapter 7, it will slow those specific debts down. Um, but what happens is, after you file and you've been discharged, usually within 90 days, the debts that you included in the bankruptcy will show up as included in bankruptcy in credit report. Once that shows up on your credit report, then you can start to work on credit repair and restoration. So unfortunately, a lot of people are so petrified of filing bankruptcy because they think that filing bankruptcy and being discharged means that they gotta wait numerous years Mm -hmm. establishing. The reality is that you can fall bankruptcy if you feel that it's a good option. Um, I typically, when I do a consultation, I try to determine, you know, based on the customer circumstances, both credit and financially, which one of the two is the best option. Uh, A lot of people want to file bankruptcy because they're a little bit unaware of what bankruptcy is um, Mm -hmm. and what it involves. And typically they just need to get credit repair services. And then some people, you know, primarily will need to file bankruptcy uh, as a better resource. But once you file and you get discharged, once the term included in bankruptcy hits your credit on all the accounts included, you can immediately Start working on credit repair, get all that stuff wiped off your credit. You can start reestablishing credit. So within six to eight months of filing bankruptcy and being discharged under Chapter Seven, you can be right back to a seven plus, seven hundred plus credit score range on all three bureaus.
0: Okay. Okay. I have a question. Yeah. Can you let the people know what the difference between bad credit and having no credit is? <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, so, bad credit is when you have already established uh, what's considered poor credit scores. You know, something is on your credit or numerous things on your credit that have determined a credit score. And typically, credit scores uh, range from 350 to 850. 350 being the worst, obviously, 850 being the best. Um, so, when anything that's considered negative, a collection, a judgment, a late payment, a bankruptcy, a child support, a judgment hit to credit, that automatically will drop your credit scores anywhere from 50 to as much as 120 points. But what Mm -hmm. happens is, for a person who has zero credit, meaning you don't even have credit scores, Mm -hmm. maybe you went to the hospital seven months ago and you couldn't pay that bill, and that bill ended up going to a third-party collection agency. And now that bill has ended up on your credit. You go from no established credit to one collection account. And so the credit bureaus now have to score you based on whatever hits your credit. So you may go from no credit to 480 scores. Now, when you have zero credit, it means that there's absolutely nothing. It's a blank slate, right? You have no credit scores. The minute you get a revolving account, credit card, department store card, a retail account, an auto loan, as soon as that account hits your credit, you automatically start at an average seven hundred and two credit score. Mm. Automatic. What? That's where you start.
0: I didn't mess that money
2: up. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you start. the The reason it goes down is the activity Dang. and how you manage it after. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like when you start school, your first you know, day at school, you automatically have an A. It's an unforeseen A, but you have an A. You know, if you're passing all your tests and you are, you know, scoring high in exams and you're submitting homework, you maintain it. But the worse you do as the semester goes along or the school year goes along, the lower your grades drop. So think of credit as the same thing. If you have zero established credit, be it something negative that hit, multiple negative things that hit, or on the reverse. Maybe some you got approved for a Fingerhut account. Then you went and got a Capital One credit card. Then you went and got a car loan. And so, but the thing is that the very first account that hits your credit is gonna determine your credit score. So if it's a revolving account, a credit card, a department store card, or a retail account, and a retail is like an account like Fingerhut, where you don't get a card in the mail, but you have a line of credit, the minute that hits your credit, as long as you have nothing, it's a blank slate, you automatically start above a 700 score in all three years. How you manage it after that? determines is where you'll stay.
0: Okay. Damn! See, I'm going to tell you something, right? I, like, when I was younger, I used to always hear, well, no, my friends, y'all remember, like, Security Mall, what they had, it was, it was Hex back in the day. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I <laughs> yeah, remember that.
0: 12th grade. Damn it! Everybody y'all hung with just we they we rocking polo, all that. The thing was to go to hex. Yeah,
3: they're like, not oh, they gonna
0: plan. give you the card. They give, all my homeboys got the cards, but me. <laughs> and what was crazy? I I I, I kept trying, but I kind of know where my credit went wrong. You remember they had them twenty CDs for a, a penny? They would say, yeah. but they saying you like twenty CDs. You had to pay like seven dollars. I never ever. Paid on.
2: So <sighs> oh, went to collections.
0: That's hurt, yeah. And it went right. to collections. I can't right. believe I had a seven hundred two credit score though at one time.
2: So, so the question I have is, what would you suggest to
1: like younger people, like that yeah. that bracket that's just graduating high school, maybe going to college? I don't know. And they start to get those you know, cards in them. What do you
2: suggest for them to start you know, building up their credit? That's a fantastic question ideally you know when I teach financial and credit literacy the parents should be the starting point of helping children understand the concept of credit and financing you know because as much as I have pushed the envelope on bringing literacy of credit to school systems it's not going to happen they just don't want to do it um so my advice to uh that type of age group is you know be, be aware and or reach out to someone that can explain to you what you're about to do before you do it. Mm-hmm. You know, because credit is something that's like health. You have to learn how to properly manage it for the rest of your life. And you mm-hmm. made a point earlier in that credit, if not just as good, it's better than cash. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so at the end of the day, you know, college students, high school graduates are getting bombarded with credit. And they really don't know what they're applying for and, or once they get it, they they just run with it and then they don't repay it back for many, many reasons. So I would say to a a person that's that age group, don't apply for anything unless you've spoken to someone that actually is very acclimated with uh, understanding how credit works. Because unfortunately, we do live in a very materialized society, you know, and the younger folks want the bags, the cars, the shoes, the clothes, And that's by any means necessary, employed or unemployed.
1: Right, right.
2: (laughs) Um, And if you're coming from a minority family where Mm -hmm. credit and financial literacy is not a priority of discussion, Mm -hmm. then you already are set back to begin Mm -hmm. with, you know. So my biggest recommendation is do not apply for anything until you speak to someone that is super acclimated. And I don't mean your uncle, your cousin. Your homegirl's best friend. I'm talking about a true financial advisor or credit professional that can sit with you, look at the application, explain the ins and outs. The other thing I recommend before you do absolutely anything is sign up to a good credit monitoring company.
1: Okay.
2: You know, you have credit karma, which monitors Equifax and TransUnion. It's Experian good. I'm with I'm with Experian. And my family is also like. Well, for younger folks who don't want to pay for it or can't afford it, Credit Karma monitors TransUnion and Equifax. Credit Sesame monitors Experian. Now, Credit Sesame only gives you a score once a month for free, where Equifax and TransUnion through Credit Karma are weekly. Okay. Now, keep in mind of the following, though. Credit Karma uh, offers a credit score called the Vantage Score. That is not the score that you're going to be scored on when you apply for credit. The score that you're going to be um, scored on is called the FICO scoring model. So Credit Karma was designed and based on money budgeting. It's also designed on insurance. So when Credit Karma emerged, the scoring system was based on how are you looked at when you apply for car insurance. And so it evolved as people started to get more inclined on credit. Right. And so unfortunately, the venture score could be misleading. So I always tell people this. Do not use credit karma for your score. Use it for what's on your credit. If you really want to know how your credit score looks, then you want to go to a credit monitoring site like Equifax, TransUnion or Experian.com or FreeCreditReport.com, which offers you a free credit report once a year. They're not going to give you the score, but, they, but you can pay for the score most mm-hmm. sites actually give you a true FICO score, right? Mm-hmm. And so now you can actually see what traditional lenders are going to look at in terms of your score. They're going to see the same thing on the report, but a lot of people call me and they're like, Donovan, I went to a car dealership and I pulled my credit on Credit Karma and they said I was at a 680 and they pulled me in at a 540. Um, another thing to keep in mind for anyone that's viewing Uh, There is a credit scoring system called the Auto Industry Credit Scoring System. So here's how that works. Let's just suppose that you're ready to finance the vehicle. You pull your credit on Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian.com. And all three scores are at an average mid-640s, which is considered fair credit. It's not great credit, but it's not poor credit, Right. Um, and so now you have these three scores and you printed out your credit reports and you're like okay I'm pretty decent you put those uh, three pieces of printouts in your back pocket and you're at the dealership the sales guy pulls your credit and he comes back and says well we're going to we approved you but we approved you at a 580 score and you're baffled because you're wondering how did I pull it and I'm at a 640 average between all three bureaus And he's looking at a 580 average all three bureaus. The auto industry credit scoring model is solely based on your auto lending history. As a salesman in a car dealership, they're going to present the lower of the two in their benefit. So it is your responsibility to pull those three scores out of your back pocket and show them that you know what your FICO score looks like because that is your right.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: because every dealership gets paid on the back end on the difference of interest rate so let's just say I'm Wells Fargo and Wells Fargo says based on his FICO mid 640s I'm going to give him an 8% rate but on the auto industry score because he's only had one car finance or no car finance or one repossession I'm going to give him a 19.9% So what happens is the sales guy comes in and says, Listen, uh, we're gonna go ahead and get you approved. um, and we got you in at a 18.9% or 15.9%. So they get paid on the difference of the interest rate. So if the lender gives you a 12 on your FICO, but the dealer charges you a 19, every time you make a payment, they get paid on the extra 4% every month. Right? So this is where your bargaining power has to come in. Well, listen, Mr. Sales Guy, I know for a fact my FICO is in the mid-640s. I could get a better rate. Goodbye. I'm going to go somewhere else. And this is where you got to really, really start pushing the negotiation skills. Now, if you're in the 700s, it doesn't matter which credit score they pull, auto industry, FICO, Vantage, you're in the 700s, give or take 20 points, you're in the driver's seat. And this is where good credit comes in. You know, because unfortunately, a lot of people have survived with poor credit thinking that they're getting away with doing what they need to do. But unfortunately, it doesn't work because Mm -hmm. if you finance an $18,000 vehicle at 24 percent and your neighbor finances the same $18,000 vehicle with great credit at 3 percent, you're going to pay probably $15,000 more for that car. But you thought you did something because you got to take the car home, and in actuality, you paid way more for the same vehicle, unfortunately. So, you know, having a lot of credit literacy is everything. You really have to get your credit in shape because surviving with poor credit is not helping, it's actually draining your pockets of more money than necessary.
0: Okay. She question. Um what are the pros and cons of filing bankruptcy?
2: Um, so the pros of filing bankruptcy is you get the relief of the debts that you financially can't afford, you know, being wiped out. Um, if you have an established wage garnishment, the garnishment will immediately be released from your wages. If you're in an eviction or in the status of foreclosure, um, the lender and the landlord actually has to stop or cease all actions against you for at least 60 to 90 days, depending on the state that you're in. And once the debt is wiped out and you're discharged, it's pretty much a fresh start. You know, So if you qualify for the bankruptcy and you feel that you have debt that's you know, coming for your wages, in other words, you're potentially facing a lawsuit against your wages, having a tax put against your property, um, or you just have so much debt that you really can't see the way that you're going to get out of it, bankruptcy is the best option. Um, the downside to a bankruptcy, one of the biggest is for anyone that wants to become a homeowner. Once you file a chapter seven, you cannot purchase a property for 24 months post the discharge date. There's no exception.
3: Oh. No. Okay.
2: okay. So you you've got to accept renting you know, if that's not your thing, there's no options. You cannot purchase a home until you're 24 months out. Um, the second downfall or the con to a bankruptcy is there's a lot of creditors that will deny you until you're at least anywhere from 60 uh, 36 to 60 months out of a bankruptcy. So specific creditors, when you apply for them, you know, once they pull credit, no matter how good your credit is today, if you're still within those years of, post-discharge of a Chapter 7 bankruptcy, they're not going to approve you no matter what. But but the positive is that you do really get a fresh start. Again, a lot of people are under the impression that when you file, you're stuck for years and years and years. You're not. You can wipe out the debt, reestablish credit, and start all over, but you just got to accept the fact that certain creditors and certain laws are going to still sort of pump your brakes until you get past that threshold. So how often do you see
1: um how often does people come to you that they uh, their credit was damaged by I'm sorry to write that question one more time? Did you hear me? No, I broke up at the last part of the yeah, question. you broke up. I broke up. Um yeah. asking how often do you see um people come to you that credit has been damaged from like identity theft?
2: Oh, my God. At least once a day. Once a day? Yeah. At least once a day. I do an average of seven to 12 consultations a day for credit repair. Um, And at least one out of the seven to 12 people have an identity theft concern or issue. And ninety percent of them are from family members, not a stranger.
1: Wow! Dang.
2: <laughs> wow! Okay, well, yeah,
1: because that's believable. Because you know, back in the day, I don't know if cards still do it. They would put bills in their kids' names, like Able yeah, yeah. bills, things like that. And then when the child supposed to get to move out with it's like, oh, you had a bill back in eighty three, and they're like, wow, well, born in eighty four. Right?
2: So, like yeah, right. Well, let me let me let me say this a couple of things to understand the credit bureaus are operated on an automated basis. Mm. You know, when you send in a letter to the credit bureaus with proof that you paid something the copy of the check, the money order no one sees that. It's an automated system, it's irrelevant, oh, it's in vain, it's disregarded. The system that reads your letters when it gets to the credit bureaus is a system called eoscar and what it does is it reads in codes right and so it's either going to read something or read nothing and this is the frustration of most consumers because they battle they fight they try to fix their own credit and they constantly run into a wall you really have to understand the back-end system of the three credit bureaus to really get the best results possible When you are looking to fix your credit, do not pay anything in collections or charged off on your credit. By doing so, you're dramatically going to drop your scores and you're going to waste and spend money. You might as well go to your bank teller, withdraw money from your bank account and set it on fire while you're still standing there. That's what paying accounts and collections and charge off does. Um, so start there don't pay anything in collections if you feel like you don't want to pay some someone that really is a Professional in the credit repair industry is reputable and knows what they're doing after you've done your homework um, The first thing you don't want to do is start paying everything off because here's what happens if you have something that's sitting on your credit For one year two years three years the older it becomes the less impact it has on your credit once you pay it off especially in accounting collections That account has to re-report paid, but the term paid collections still stays in that writing or in that term. Because the bureaus are automated, that system cannot differentiate whether that's a new collections, a paid collections, an old collections. It just recognizes something changed with the word collections. So now it really does acknowledge it like it's a new collections. So what you'll find is people are going to call and say, listen, Donovan, I just paid seven accounts. I spent $3,000 and my scores went down by 100 points. And now I have all these accounts that I thought were going to come off because I paid them but what they're showing is paid collection. So all you're doing is changing the status. Yeah, morally, you're paying the accounts. Yes, you are setting yourself for a lower debt to income. But unfortunately, the scar of the debt is still sitting there. So, if I'm a creditor and I pull your credit, I'm going to still see that at some point you had these accounts. I can make a judgment call. I can honestly say, you should have paid it before I hit your credit. You should have paid it whenever, right? This is the judgment call that most creditors make. But at the end of the day, the account still shows paid collection. So I still can see the track of that negative history. And now your scores are lower. So you're out the money, your scores are lower, and you're stuck. So my best advice is when you're looking to repair your credit, seek the professional help of someone that really is reputable and knows what they're doing. Because anything that's on your credit that's negative can be cleaned, wiped out, and you can start from scratch. You have the right as a consumer to challenge anything, even positive credit. But when it comes to late payments, collections, charge off, child support, Bankruptcy, doesn't matter. Repossessions, all of that stuff can get cleaned up from your credit report. So is, is this service, is it expensive? Like
1: how long do you have, you know, do the credit restoration or debt consolidation or whatever it is that you offer? How is it like a month? Is
2: it, you know, for six months or how, how does it go? That's a great question. The average person that has poor credit has suffered of poor credit from anywhere from 5 to 15 years, surviving with poor credit, high deposits, high interest rates, or pure denials. Mm -hmm. The average time that it takes to get you back to 700 scores, clean credit, and established credit is anywhere from 6 to 12 months. On the lower end, three months, depending on how many negatives. In terms of of cost, here's what I'm going to say, because credit repair is something that a lot of people have turned to, but there are a lot of scam artists. Right. That's exactly why I'm asking that question. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of scam artists um, that are unfortunately taking advantage of the vulnerability of people that really are serious about wanting to get their financial structure in place. Um, Realistically, if you turn to someone who charges you in excess of three to four hundred bucks as a one-time payment, you're probably going to get scammed. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm saying that Mm -hmm. because typically, and I've been in this field for 16, over 16 years, I typically do what's called a special when times are hard or during the holidays, because this is my career, you know, and I don't want to stop people from getting help because I know that there are certain times of the year where people want to invest into other things, Christmas, Valentine's, Halloween, schools, you know, during the school time. So I, I get that. But so typically I charge $199 and then ninety nine per round. So you might have to spend six, dollars $800 to get you mm-hmm. back into great credit. Uh, right now, you know, I'm charging anywhere from 299 to as much as 399 depending on how many negatives between all three bureaus and whether or not I have to help you establish credit. In my case, it's a three-part program where you actually have all the negatives removed. I help you reestablish credit, and I teach you how to properly manage the credit and monitor it. So those are also the things you want to look for. You know, when someone says, I'm going to charge you this, ask them what that involves. You know, what is it that I'm paying for? Because a lot of people don't know what they're paying for. And how often are we going to talk? You know, how often are you going to show me progress? How do I know that my scores are going up? How do I know that things are coming off my credit? You know, when can I call you? What are your business hours? All those, all those things matter. So too expensive is really relative to the program that's being explained to you. But if someone is saying 700, 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, run, because nine out of 10, yes. you're being capped. Mm-hmm. Credit repair is, is not complicated. It's time consuming and it's meticulous. And for a working set of parents, a mom, a dad, with children, school, career, the other thing is that anyone can fix your own credit. But if you send letters out, and they come back saying everything is validated, and you don't know how to respond, then you've hit, you've hit a brick wall. So no different than any other service, you want to turn to a professional that's really gonna know what to do, month after month after month, to get all that stuff cleaned up and get you reestablished.
0: Oh man. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Hold on. Uh. <laughs> Somebody trying to call me while we on air. That phone, turn your phone on Facebook. You'll see me, brother. Call you back. <laughs> um, I got a question real quick. Uh, I was told that um, let's say like if I have bad credit and my father has great credit, if he was to add me as a Authorized user on his credit card, his activity will help my score. That's true.
2: Um, that's ten percent true. So, if you have negative credit history and mm. you add and you add you're added to an, a revolving account as an authorized user, you might get an increase of five to fifteen points. The reason How many? Five to fifteen points at best. Okay. Because the majority of your credit is based on negative history. So before you become an authorized user, clean up all the negatives first. Okay. And then become an authorized user. Mm -hmm. And here's the deal. There are tons of companies, including myself, that have tons of customers who have established phenomenal credit history on revolving accounts, and they actually allow you to pay them to be added as an authorized user. Not right. everyone has a mom, a dad, an uncle, cousin, girlfriend, wife, husband. You know, there's a lot. Some, I don't have anyone that I would have been added to to establish credit. You know, so a lot of people now have been very keen to the fact that, look, if I get five credit cards and I maintain them in proper status for one to 10 years, I right. can actually make an income out of allowing pure strangers to be added to my accounts for 30, 60, 90 days at a time. So you're leasing space on someone's account. You don't get a credit card, but what you're doing is you're inheriting their credit history. Once you inherit that history, then you can apply for your own account. So if you don't have anyone that you can be added to, once you clean up all the negatives, there are tons of companies that will help you do that just the same. But it makes no use for you to add one positive account when you have 10 collection accounts. Your results will be very poor. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: I want to ask about because you mentioned inheritance, what do you do if um, you're attached to somebody's estate once they pass on? And they pass on with all this debt. Do you inherit their debt?
2: Say that one more
1: time. Say you have a family member that passes away and you are in charge of the estate and they have a lot of debt.
2: Do, do you inherit, inherit their debt? No, no. Um, when you inherit someone's estate and that particular person has a ton of debt, your responsibility is to inform those debtors or those creditors that that person has passed away. Unless you were a co signer or an authorized user on those accounts and you inherited the estate, you are not responsible for that debt. What you are responsible for. Is the communication to those creditors and lenders that you are now the trustee or the holder or the authorized manager of those accounts and inform them that you that you are managing those accounts and what you would want to do is send them a copy of the death certificate. Because once they receive the copy of the death certificate, they have to cancel those debts out. You know, and unless you are associated, then you are not responsible for those debts. What you're responsible for is making sure that they know of the circumstances, but you're not responsible for paying them off. Now, if a person passes away and they have, let's just say a real estate property worth half a million dollars, and they have the IRS, that particular state, Um, that they're owing money to based on uh, property taxes, IRS debt, any any state or federal debts. Once you attempt to liquidate that estate or liquidate that real estate property, those creditors or entities will be the first to get paid. So you're going to end up on the bottom of the totem pole. So just keep aware of that because while you're not responsible for the debt, depending on who they owe once those estates are liquidated those entities will be fa- paid as priority whatever is left is what you will inherit rightfully does that make sense yes but no you don't owe the debt you just okay. have to manage the debt okay and managing it could be one of two ways some families come to me and they want to pay it back you know that's what they want to do unnecessarily some Wanna figure out how to just liquidate everything they inherited and maintain or keep the profit after everything's been liquidated, some people get nothing after everything liquidated. Unfortunately, you don't know until you really start digging in deep into the circumstances of the person that passed. Away.
0: You got another question, Nick, before I no, go?
1: No, I was I'm I'm good.
0: All right. I wanna switch switch it up a little bit. Um you're also a financial advisor, correct? Yes. So what percentage of a paycheck would you pay yourself? Because the reason I'm asking, I wish I had listened, but a long time ago, my uncle always told, This when I worked at McDonald's in 1993, <laughs> my uncle said, pay yourself 20% of your check. Is that a good amount, you think? Well, what would you say as a, a financial advisor, a good amount?
2: No, 20 to 25%. You pay yourself first. Everything else goes to your expenses and investing into your retirement.
0: So that's a good number, 20?
2: Absolutely. 20 to 25% goes to you first. Mm-hmm. The rest goes to bills and retirement.
0: I'd be rich if I had to listen. <laughs> 1993, my uncle Ryan told you?
2: me. Listen, if you're, if you're in your 30s and you don't have a retirement account, you still can retire in a way that's affordable and still end up with at least $1. $1. $1.2 million by the time you're 65 to 70 years old. I'm 42. You still have time.
0: Uh, yeah, 30s. We got to speed it up. Listen,
2: <laughs> if you would have started when you were 18, you would have had $5.5 I wouldn't even be right? working right now. What? basically mm. but if you start mm. now you can you can retire into one point two the the discipline is consistency of your contribution every month, but he was accurate twenty to twenty five percent goes to you first the rest goes towards your bills and retirement
0: sixty five percent retirement first? but
2: but twenty five percent max should go to you first yes
0: okay I get the twenty five child school we'll get the sixty five that lead like fifteen percent. That go to the bills. I'm robbing <laughs> Peter to pay Paul. <laughs> got to do what I got to do. Trying
1: to make a dollar out of
2: 15 cents. What? <laughs> correct. For listen, real.
1: Listen,
2: a lot, um, of people, a lot of people, a lot of consumers, individuals, however you want to call it, have this fallacy that they're going to figure it out with their nine to five. The nine to five thing was a way back in the day's concept. There's so many opportunities to earn extra income outside of your nine to five. So you've got to figure out what can I do? What are my talents? What are my passions? Or how much am I willing to grind in 24 hours within the five days a week so that I can contribute so that I can do today so that I don't have to do it tomorrow? So it's completely up to you. You can struggle, you can survive, or you can live. But in today's society, there's so many platforms to make additional income because for a single mom, an extra thousand a month, which might not sound a lot to a mother, uh, a lot of people could be the difference of her rent.
3: Could right. Could be the
2: difference of an extra three hundred towards retirement. You just don't know, you know. So that's your that could be, you know, a particular mentality. But I I know I have a customer. He is twenty three years old. Mm. Um a uh, young black guy. He is absolutely the most inspiring young person I know, aside for my daughter. He mm. owns a mini van. He owns a van. He gutted it out. He has a mobile car washing business. Um, when he made five hundred dollars, he bought enough equipment to establish somewhat it's like a when I went to his house, it's like a little studio where you could come in and do photography. Okay. Um and On top of that, he works a nine-to-five, you know? And so my point to you is if a 23-year-old can do it, anyone can do it. You just got to know what you want and how much you're willing to go in to get there. Because your grind is not permanent or forever. It's just until you get to where you want to be.
3: Right. Right?
2: Right. Um, I don't want to be – I don't want to work at Walmart or decide between medication and rent. That's not my life plan. And I don't want to be so old that I don't get to enjoy retirement. So at the end of the day, you just gotta determine what you're willing to put in to get the output that works for you.
0: You was about to say something,
2: Nick? I was gonna say because even with a nine to five,
1: some jobs they run credit checks. I don't know if they told you, um, but I've had that happen to me in the healthcare field. So it doesn't affect if you get in a house or a car or anything you get in a job.
2: That's absolutely true. You're right. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely right. Federal state employees have a mandatory credit check to get employed, and they do it yearly. Mm -hmm. Um, Police officers, federal officers, military. You know, here's the deal, guys. At the end of the day, having poor credit should never be an option. If you are surviving with poor credit, you have a fallacy that you think you're getting away with something you're not. You're overpaying for everything you have that you're financing, and you're never going to get to the point where you can accomplish certain things. If you want to establish business credit first, you have to have great personal credit. You want to purchase a home, you got to have good to great credit. You know, if you run into a financial emergency and you're unemployed, you can turn to your credit. You've got to start looking at credit like having good health. You know, having poor credit is basically saying that you are the highest risk possible because the lower you score the higher the risk you are and that's why you get denied and it doesn't feel good you know a lot of people when they get to the register of walmart and, and the register lady says hey do you want a credit card so that you can save 20 percent?" they're not saying i don't want to save 20 they're saying to themselves i'm not going to get approved so i'd rather pay for the full amount up front and so yeah. at the end of the day you really have to determine. And I've had people tell me, I'm not giving you $300 to fix my credit. Despite the fact that I'm about to save them $20,000 in collections, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in interest rates, get them into a home with no down payment, a lower rate. But then three, four, five weeks later, they just bought four bundles of hair at 500 bucks. <laughs> you got <laughs> not really determine, right? Am I not wrong? I, I'm talking yeah. right? accurate, so you got to determine what's your priority. And and here's the story that broke me completely. This is why I stood in this career. Um, 15 years ago, and I'll end this credit repair or credit uh, conversation here, but 15 years ago, I had a gentleman who initially came to me because he wanted to fix his credit. And when I quoted him the course, and at that time I was charging him to get started, $99 per round. And he said, that's too expensive. I'm not doing it, forget it. And probably closer to two years later, his daughter graduated from high school and she needed financial aid. He was her only living parent. And he made quite a bit of money. Unfortunately, he just had poor credit. Everything he did, he did it with high rates or cash. But with poor credit you cannot get approved for student loans. Uh. So his daughter was denied financial aid for some of the best universities that academically she deserved and qualified for. So she ended up going to CCBC and he was heartbroken by that, you know, and it resonated with him because he, like a cassette tape, he had to keep replaying over and over and over. Had I worked on my credit and maintained it, I could have got enough financial aid and approved with a great rate to help put my daughter through college. Now, yeah, no one wants to borrow money to get through college, but let's be real. My daughter's college education is 88 grand for a bachelor's program. I don't have 88,000 to give. So that's my only option, but, but, and, and in his regard, him too. So she had to go through, Hoopla's to get through school. And it was Mm -hmm. misery for her. Mm -hmm. And he took the guilt of that. And he eventually came to me and, you know, he did fix his credit. But this man sat in my face and came back and cried. And he was like, I disappointed my daughter because from the day she was born, I had X amount of years, let's just say hypothetically, 16 years to get my credit in order. And Mm -hmm. I chose the finance cards at 24% get apartments, finance. You know, get this, get that, but I never gave it enough to make sure that I was in a good situation for my daughter to go to the school that she wanted to go to. And that's what you got to consider. Credit is not just for a Victorian secret card, a Capital One card, or a family <laughs> card.
0: <laughs> right. right.
3: You never know right.
2: how your credit can change your life. And so you got to maintain it in good status. Mm-hmm. So I did fix this credit eventually, but by the time I fixed it, it was too late. She graduated from CCBC. She was accepted to pretty decent hospitals as a nursing graduate, but academically, has she been able to present, you know, a different type of academic certification or degree? She might have went on to better hospitals, and she couldn't.
3: No. Not until her
2: experience kicked in, at least. But, but you know, at the end of the day, he has to live with that. Ooh. So, credit is a lot. You got to really get it right.
0: I
3: done
2: messed mine up already. I mean, I'm really leaving. My credit has been ruined a million times in my lifetime because life happens. But you're either gonna be proactive or reactive. Fix it because you can, or fix it because you want something. You gotta fix it because you can. That's what I'm saying. You can listen, life is gonna always happen. COVID I'm on a
0: tightrope though. Like
2: doesn't matter. (laughs) There's no excuse.
0: uh, No, I'm just saying, I don't know if I should fix it or file bankruptcy.
2: Well, typically, 99% of the time when you do a consultation with me, I will guide you into the best of the two decisions based on your circumstances, financially, credit-wise, and so on. A lot of people want to file bankruptcy because they're scared. They don't know what to do, but they don't need to file bankruptcy. And then there's people that want to fix their credit. And I'm like, absolutely not. You must file bankruptcy because of these reasons. My consultation is free. It's 20 to 30 minutes. And I'm going to give you all the ins and outs so that you can make the best decision. I'll give you my recommendation. But the ultimate decision is up to you.
0: You're going to look at my credit report and you're going (laughs) to cry. I'm telling you. Oh, and for the girls out there,
1: type in in comments. I'm going to tell you. Okay. You want to know my credit (laughs) score? You want, you want to know my credit score? <laughs> no, but Tyree, um, <laughs> we got comments. Oh, oh, needs her credit, card, so she needs oh, that. Oh, everything. big twat! Shout yeah. out to big twat! There you go. You got you got a good one, big twat. We need
0: there to you give go. Anybody else? Because I can't see it.
1: You can't see. Oh, that's that's the only
0: one. Do your thing. You do your thing. Read them off, y'all.
1: No, that's the only one.
0: That was it. Okay, anybody <laughs> else? You have anything to say? Write it in the comments. <laughs>
2: but yeah, my credit score like a 488.
1: 488?
2: 488 That's 488. nothing. That's nothing. The lowest That's credit terrible. score that i had was a 3 Listen, the lowest credit score I've worked with in my career was a 364. That was seven ago. Yeah, the lowest you can have is a 350. 364 average score was in the 300s, low 360s, and today this gentleman is in the high high 800 scores. And he has been my customer now. Well, he became my customer almost seven years ago. He's maintained his credit in good shape since then.
0: Three years.
2: So I'm gonna clean up the negatives. Three. I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna reestablish your credit, and then I'm gonna yeah. teach you how to properly manage and monitor it. Okay. Now, again, life life can happen, but then if life happens and it goes down again, a you got to know what you're looking for that causes your scores to go down. And B, if it's beyond your control, you call a professional like me. Well, right. he's in the average 820 credit scores today, and he is 36 years old.
0: Okay. okay. Well, Robert I just need years old. mine back up. That's it. Give <laughs> me that 700, and I'm good. It will never drop again. I promise you.
2: So listen, 620 is considered poor credit. 640 is fair credit. Mm-hmm. 660 is fair credit. 680 is good credit. 701 is considered good to great credit. That's A+. plus. 720 is great credit. Anything above a 720 is like having an 850. You don't get to an 850 until you have at least five years of positive revolving credit history. But 720 to 850, it's all the same. Your rates are low. It's a 0%. No down payments. None of that. So when with- but- all of the bureau, the three
1: different bureaus that normally give you the current scores, they're normally always
2: different. How do you know which one is the right credit? Right. Good question. We don't know. Demographically, um, each lender pulls one of two, uh, pulls two or one or all three. It's demographic based. So like for an example, in our area, Equifax comes first, Experian comes second, TransUnion is last. If you're in Texas, TransUnion is first, Experian is second, Equifax is last. So decisions are made depending on your demographics, so your best bet is make sure all three are in good shape. Some creditors and collection agencies only report to certain bureaus, so you may have more negative history in some bureaus than others that cause the fluctuation in scores. Um... Some creditors report their positive credit history to certain bureaus. you know you have there's certain creditors that only report Experian or Equifax or TransUnion, so you just want to be well informed as to who you're doing business with. but at the end of the day, as long as all three are in phenomenal shape, it doesn't matter regardless of who they pull, you know that you're in the driver's seat because your credit is great on all three bureaus
0: okay, okay. wow was all. anything
1: else? No, I'm good.
0: I had a lot of things answered. I'm good. Yeah, look, I, I thank you for uh giving us that Come. education on credit because we all need it. let me ask you though, with these days and time, as far as the dollar bill, do you think that um money will uh continue to have the value it has?
2: I mean, the dollar bill will always have some kind of value, you know, up to us to right now, we we are still reigning in terms of value, in terms of the the value of money. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think slowly but surely, you know, we're going to become a world based on risk and that's going to fall back on your credit. You know, right. what's your character? What's your history? What's your discipline? But at the end of the day, the dollar will always be the dollar. You know, cats will always talk. It's just that because of technology um, and because the government, every single step that we take as consumers and as human beings, they continue to put more and more in place to study what we do.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: that is the reason why credit has become so prevalent. I remember when my mother um, used to go into a bank. And she barely knew how to manage the textbook, but it was three grand. And credit was not a thing. It was like irrelevant. Mm-hmm. you know? But right now we live in a society where everything needs to be tracked,
3: right. including
2: what you do with your money. And out of tracking that, more things keep evolving. More ways. This is Have you ever noticed when you go on an app or when you want to order something and ask you? Do you want to use your Google account, your Gmail Mm -hmm. account, just log in? Do you know that when you just say, use my Google, you have given the company full access to your full account? Mm -hmm. You say, I'm giving you permission to log into my Gmail or my Yahoo and look at everything that I'm sending and and receiving. Oh, no. You wonder why you start getting emails that have some association to the stuff that you love to do and love to buy and, you know, you're into. Right. It's all about tracking. So if you are a cash person, that's fine. Listen, you cash. Nobody's going to deny your cash to a certain. Mm -hmm. degree. At the end of the day, regardless of how good or bad the value of money is, which no time soon is that going to change. The United States will continue to be the superpower for a long time to come. Get your credit right. Just get it right. It's a tiny investment. It's less than, two, it's 2 to $5 a day for three to six months to get you back into great credit. It's it's less than what most people spend buying lunch when they go to work every day.
0: Right. Okay. You have, a. Uh, let me, get, I want to get this comment correct. I don't want to read it wrong. Uh, Shante Marie says, what if she can't pay to get help because she's on a budget? Her kids take all her money in sports. So I'm guessing she wants to know, do you provide any type of programs? Pay monthly or you know any payment plans as far as with your credit repair.
2: Listen, life is about priorities, mm-hmm. and I love my daughter.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: My daughter's going to be 20 June. But if I have 480, 580, 600 dollars mm-hmm. and I want to become a homeowner, my six-year-old hitting a home run every Sunday will not get me there just yet. So you've got to determine for you and your family what is your best priority. Can I sacrifice $5 a day for the next three to six months to get myself into the type of credit situation where I could become a homeowner? So now I have an an investment property if you buy a home with equity, you know? Can I get a loan if something happens financially that's detrimental? You know, all those things, all those things matter. So the special that I'm running right now is covering phone. So you, you got to put your priorities in perspective. And I'm not saying that sports is not, but sports is not a necessity. Having financial support, dependent options is, you know. And so fixing your credit yeah. is going to get you the independence and the financial know-how that you're going to need when you're looking to progress financially. When you look at successful people financially, they use the bank's money. They don't use their cash. Give me a second, guys. I'm trying to find the meeting again, right? So successful business owners use the bank's money, you know, and unless you have a ton of disposable cash, you can't. So if, if you come to me and you say, look, I only make $8 an hour. I don't have any children. And every ounce of money that I have just goes to rent, gas, electric, and my gas, that's one circumstance. But, but I usually do a budget, and I find money in people's budget. And that discipline means that sometimes you've got to cut out the unnecessary. Does that make sense?
3: Yes. Yeah. A-
2: unnecessary, here's the deal. That unnecessary is not permanent. So if, if you have to tell a child or your friend, listen, I can't go out with you every Friday to a happy hour and spend $50 because you're costing me, I'm I'm costing myself $200 a month. It's costing me $99 a month to fix my credit. So do I want to go to a happy hour every Friday or do I want to fix my credit? You know, and, and that $200 is not only fixing your credit, but maybe that other 50 could go to a life insurance policy in case, just in case you're the only income in your household. You got to restructure your mentality and you got to look at what your priorities are. You know, and there's a way to do all the things you need and want, but the first thing is the necessities. Sports is not mandatory. It's it's something that's optional. The well-being of you and your family, that's mandatory. Right now, I am doing the special. Um, but $199, if you really break it down, $100 a month um, in 30 days equates to how much a day? mm. We spend way more than that doing absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing that gives us back a return. So to give you a perspective, that's $3.30 a day. So absolutely, I work with everyone that comes to me, but there's time for real talk, and I find money in their budget so that they can actually see where they really are and how they use their money.
0: Can I keep, can I be honest? Can you sure. keep me
2: I already know
1: what you want to
0: say. <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> you said something that um. I mean, to each his own. <laughs> Look, it didn't resonate with me. I think we going the same, like.
1: Listen, that
0: was now, like. <laughs> you said something about sports. I, I, I can't cut that out from my. I'm sorry. I I I got to do the sports right now. I cannot. I'd be sick. Not you don't have to. My son plays football.
2: Tyree, you don't have to.
0: No, I know. know.
2: If you you came to a person like me and said, Donovan, I need you to help me fix my credit. I need to set up a new budget. I want to understand why I get paid every two weeks and I'm at zero or negative every month. Right. Right. Then we're going to find why this is happening. Right. But at the end of the day, you don't have to cut your children out of sports. You don't have to stop going to the happy hour. You don't have to stop shopping. You don't have to stop buying the things that you love.
0: Yeah.
2: No, I was joking. I was joking. No, listen, No, listen, because I, <laughs> <laughs> no, I know men. I get this from men all the time. I'm not taking my son out of, uh, you know, literally. I'm not taking him out of football. Yeah. I get that. Listen, I get the importance because a lot of times those sports are connected to the potential and future of that child who has a gift, right? Yes, and so yes, the parent sees that. The parent sees that as if I pull my son or my daughter out of tennis or football or basketball, how am I affecting them by doing that? And I'm saying that you don't have to do that. Right. But let's look at the entire financial picture and see where we can find money within your budget. Mm. So maybe let's keep them in sports versus going to a happy hour two days a week. Maybe you can only go two times a month for six months or three months. Again, you got to understand, like, discipline and sacrifices are not for a lifetime. Temporary changes today for the better of tomorrow. Right. So you can do all that. But un- unfortunately, a lot of times, and because we were raised a certain way, our priorities are off. We do what we want before we do what we need.
0: That's me. Well, Absolutely. well, uh, I got my but
2: priorities. So there breaks. are and, and right. I definitely will assist anyone who's in a financial hardship.
0: Okay. Oh, let the people know how to find you on social media while we are here. Also,
2: so my Facebook is just Donovan Gibbs or Gibbs Donovan. You know, i um, very personable. I, I don't have a shirt and tie on. You can inbox me and um, just let me know what your circumstances are. Just let me know that you need a consultation. My consultation is free. Go over your budget, your concerns. I'm super easy to talk to. It's confidential. And we'll set up a master plan to get you where you need to be, financially and credit-wise. And that's G-I-B-B-S, last name, first name D-O-N-O-V-A-N, Gibbs Donovan. Okay.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Any questions, Nick? Oh, I'm sorry.
1: No, I'm I'm good.
0: No. I definitely look, I appreciate that on the finance and literature. I, but when you were saying that, I just was laughing myself when you said this course. I just was and I just had to bring it out. I had to be real. And people that, that know me that are watching, probably saying the same thing. Oh, he ain't gonna stop that. But I thank you for um, you know, educating everybody. You're welcome. And, uh,
2: it was my absolute pleasure, and I had a, a ton of fun. Thank you. Right. You're welcome. Now,
0: before look, we about to get all happy. We going from happy to uh, <laughs> let's, oh let's let's address it. And and viewers, we going straight into it. We don't have no commercial break. This is, it is what it is, Radio. Your first half we talked about financial literacy, credit, things of that nature. Now we about to get a little personal. And I wanna know how y'all feel about this police brutality going on. How do y'all feel? Ladies first.
1: Okay, so now that they've actually charged um, this guy, this um, Mm ex-police, they're charging him with third-degree murder and manslaughter. Mm -hmm. Then you have to break down just exactly what is third-degree and why why third-degree? Why not first-degree? Because, I mean, it's obvious that these everybody saw the same situation. But each each degree of murder entails a little bit uh, something different. Like first right. degree, that's capital punishment. That's you 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 you, you, intend, you intended to do something. You you plotted it out, whatever. That's degree. Second that degree is more so uh out the time as a result of it. Mm. Okay. And third degree, basically, which most states don't even have a third degree, but a of this state does. Right. Um is basically my intention my intentions was to cause calm but not kill. Okay. So right. then because with with the murder thing, it's all about the intention and your mindset. Like second degree basically like a crime, a crime of passion. Like I walked in on my husband and he was cheating, so I just lost my mind and I couldn't get it back together. I picked up the knife, knife, and I hacked him all up. Right. That's, that's second degree, but is right. a little bit different. Normally comes along with manslaughter, also.
3: Exactly.
1: So involuntary versus voluntary. I just honestly think that they're going to find a way for this man to walk. I, really, I, I just, I just do. I, just, I believe like, it too. I I just do. I don't care how fast y'all brought the charges. I don't, I just really don't think that it's gonna be a good situation. Just okay. the third degree, the third degree charge. like that was yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think that it's gonna have a good outcome at all. I think what probably might happen is civilly they might try to pay the family off and that's probably about it, honestly. I don't, you, and, I, and I feel like if he does do jail time, because with first de- with um second degree, you, well, with first degree, you can get life, you can get um, that, um execution, all that. With second degree, is 25 years and up, or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what it starts with, but I do know that. It can be dumbed down to manslaughter, right? Mm-hmm.
0: It can. So um I'm not sure how this is going. To, I don't. I don't know. I'm not sure
2: how this is going to turn out. Okay, how you feel about it, Donna? You know, I just watched. <clears throat> I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's a documentary what? on Netflix. I don't know if it's a documentary. Several episodes, but. uh, It's called Media Something on Netflix. It just came out like a couple of days, maybe a couple of weeks ago. And I watched an episode of... um, I I lived in the Bronx when this happened. The young African guy who got shot 47 times by five officers
3: in front of his
2: apartment with no weapons. Mm -hmm. And all of them were acquitted. And then it it brought me back to the young guy uh, who got choked up here in Baltimore. Gray. Gray.
0: Gray.
2: Yeah. The um, unfortunate part is that the judiciary system is all made up of one and they all protect each other, you know, exactly. um, it's very <laughs> so that a cop can get that a cop actually gets charged. I mean, arraigned and charged and does time. The unfortunate part is that these guys don't pay the consequences. So. If if no one's paying the consequences, everyone else that follows suit is gonna just keep doing the same thing. We're just That's you know a pawn in their game of authority. And right. I am a victim of that. You know, I was poorly, sexually and incorrectly. Um I got pulled over and the cop fondled me, you know, put his hands on my vagina, my rear end, my breast. Oh damn. Uh, two or three of them. You know, and they pulled me into a bay in a particular county, I'm not going to say. And the detective that was investigating this was worse than the very cops that did this to me. So my point to you is they all protect each other. And I hope I don't end up in an alley somewhere. But unfortunately, the reality is that our judicial system is not protecting us. They're protecting theirs. Right. Because when you think of police, you just have to go back to...
1: The origins of, like, the police was not here to protect, and serve us. They were, they were here to instill fear, and, fear. Right. and it's not a spot really that has changed since then. Not at all. You right. know, we want to say it's our constitutional right to this, that, and the other, but I mean, to be honest, the Constitution was not made
2: for us. It wasn't. Right. It was not right. made, for us, and it hasn't That's been. So, Unless you have that kind of money, I I, I have heard, I, not even heard, I know several people that consistently get out of crimes and they're paying an exuberant amount of money to
3: mm-hmm. their attorneys.
2: And these are high priced, and I don't mean to say it like this because I'm not racist, you know, but high priced Caucasian attorneys who are very acclimated with a lot of judges and so on and so forth. And these guys consistently, consistently get away and get out of, get away with and get out of. But then you get a guy who is driving with his friend, gets a gun card, and has a public defender and gets five years, you know? So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, it's either money um, or racism or both. Or that's it. But these guys are protecting their own because if we did. To another person, what these guys are doing to us, we will serve time. Unequivocally. Right. If, if we survived the incident, we might not even survive the incident. Exactly. Unequivocally. If I did to anyone with some of these, if I walked up to a person and shot them 47 times and gave the same story, I'd still be in prison since 1994. Mm-hmm. Right. With mm-hmm. and die in prison. You know, mm-hmm. you don't stop being human because you have a fucking badge on. Excuse my language.
0: Are you good? This is what it girl. is. Radio oh, speak.
2: Well, it is what it is. Right. You, you <laughs> are killing someone's father, son, brother. You're raping, killing, uh, molesting or touching someone's daughter, sister, cousin, uncle, whatever. So at the end of the day, and I'm saying I experienced this personally, not violence, but it was sexual violation. And it was unfortunate. I was so mortified of the detective that was investigating the case that I was too afraid to even pursue it. I was too intimidated, you know? And so I can walk through a Baltimore city street, the worst of the worst or Bronx street and not feel any intimidation. But if a cop car is following behind me, my heart goes out of control. Absolutely. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's unfortunate because I've been now programmed to believe that the gangster The threat, the violation is coming from the very people that are being paid to protect us. And that's no longer true. I'm not saying that all authority, police officers, judges, public defenders, attorneys are like that. Mm
3: -hmm. But
2: just like anything else, they're being given a bad name because of some of the things that are surfacing and reporting. And my father said something to me many years ago. This is not new. What's new is that media is able to put it in your phone and in the palm of your hand. This has been happening since the beginning of time.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, mm-hmm. Every mm-hmm. time a young man has been found, shot, and killed in an alley, it hasn't always been someone that killed him, you know? So it's just that now everything is so in our face yes. and so open that we're getting to really see the reality of what's going on. And when you put a badge on, unfortunately, a lot of people take on all this authority and they feel like they're superior. At the end of the day, you're just as human as us. And it kills me because a police officer can do it. A detective, anybody in law enforcement can commit that type of crime, get arraigned, go through the hearing, and get acquitted. But if a per a person feels the personal impact of that because you killed my brother unnecessarily, and then I turn around and do the same thing to that specific cop, I will do time. You'll get it. You'll get executed. in, most, in some states, if you kill a cop, you'll get the death sentence. I mean, Absolutely, because you should not have done that. But because this guy wears a gold plate. On his chest, he has the authority to take someone's yeah. life that meant something They're to someone. Wait, yeah. right? They are always right. Like this guy had thirteen complaints against
1: him since two thousand and oh three, not- and never investigated. He shot right. two people, and the majority of the people were people of minorities. They were Hispanics. They were black. Things really? like that. I had a history of this type of behavior, and it was right. never. Never So it just makes, it just makes you really wonder, like it's it just makes you wonder
2: about the stuff that goes on that's not being filmed. Absolutely, and that's what my father told me. It's, it's not that it hasn't been happening. It's just that we are so privy now to everything that's going on, you know that you're going to see it. My, my, my sister has a 13-year- old son, and I, I was living with her when she said, "Son." We got to have the conversation in English and Spanish. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm not ready for the birds and the bees. That's not for me. I got to go. So when I was about to leave, my sister was like, sit down. You got to hear this. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. This is not for me because my sister is raw, upfront, done. Like, she's not going to talk about the birds and the bees in the way that you would think. This is my thought. And when she sat him down, her first sentence was, if a cop pulls you over and my tears started coming down. And I was like, this is not the conversation she's about to have with him, because we're Hispanic. We are minorities. And my daughter's uh, my brother knows uh, African-American, as as is my daughter's father. And I'm Dominican. And I could not believe that this is a conversation my sister has to have with her son. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you really about to explain to him how to handle a pullover from an officer. At 13, at thirteen, you know, and I'm like, Jessica, he doesn't even drive. She's like, it doesn't matter because young men are being killed, riding a bike. They're being pulled over, being accused of murders that they didn't commit. Walking and down in and shot and left in alleys or being thrown in the cell. We don't know until two, three weeks later when we think our kids and our sons are missing. And I couldn't tell you how much I cried. It's just so unfair that the system that was designed to defend and protect us. Virtually have become our enemies, so now we got to learn how to defend ourselves against the people that's supposed to defend us and not really? by their majority. But the example is the example, you know. A lot of people have unfortunate and stereotypical thoughts of blacks and Hispanics, but we're not all the same,
3: right.
2: no different than the judicial system. But they're failing us dramatically, and they're taking advantage of it because they're not making an example of nobody. If one of these, or ten of these, or five of these cops were put away for life maybe some of these guys will take a step back and reassess how they're doing things. Well, who's paying the price? Except the ones that we lose or are permanently injured. Because you're a minority, they you're minority, you're being grouped with.
1: White people really don't, they're not grouped in any type of, like, they're all individuals how it's at. So it's kind of like, we can say uh, uh, Indian could be a terrorist, but we, you will never hear them say a oh, white person was a terrorist, and they could do right. type of stuff. But they will never get classified as, as that. The media will never classify them as that. But That's let right. them, an uh, Indian or whatever. Then the first thing, oh, he was a terrorist. Like, come on, you know I, the media plays a big part in a lot, a lot, a lot of this. The media plays a big part because, and it is fight. you, you, it's like. You don't know what to believe or what not to believe. You don't know what's the real truth or what's not the real truth. So you're always constantly on guard. You have to be guarded. And it's and it's sad that your sister had to have that conversation. But I had that conversation with my son also. What to say, what not to say. Um let them know you're underage, that you need your parents, like stuff like that. Like if you have it's sad that we have to. We don't just tell them not to talk to strangers now.
2: We got to tell them how to take their when they're being detained by the police. That's mm-hmm. so unfortunate. Right, you should feel the safest, you know, especially when you're young or at bare minimum a female. But, you know, and I feel so bad for minority men, especially black men. And I'm not saying this from a racial perspective because if you look at the average Dominican man, we are black or they are black. Mm. Um. You guys you know I've talked to so many clients and customers and people that I do life coaching for, and they're like, "Donovan, you don't understand like I feel like I'm always having to prove myself or I'm under threat, and anytime I'm near a police officer, I panic, and I just don't know why I feel like that because I've never done anything wrong, and to have someone do that to your space is a is it is a breach of your peace of mind, not just your mm-hmm. privacy but your peace of mind, mm-hmm. and sometimes and often. That could trigger a person to do something inadvertently out of their anxiety or nervousness, that will cause a police officer that is in that mindset to do something that could harm or kill them. You know, oh. so it's like there's no fine line. There's just no fine line. And and again, thus far, no one has been made an example. These guys keep getting away with it, acquitted. It. You know suspended you know they get suspended with pay pay. you could be a customer service rep and make the wrong statement and get suspended with no pay as a customer (laughs) service rep how (laughs) come a police officer could injure or hurt someone or kill someone and get suspended with pay no one is paying the price you know so what can you do i mean it's just it's such it feels like a losing battle but you know, I, 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 up to what point do we keep fighting and losing and getting injured and hurt and killed and violated to the point where you someone know. finally pays attention? I don't know. Like that's the answer that I can't figure out because this has been going on forever. Forever. Definitely. No, said, Ray, it's been going on forever. What's
0: your thoughts? I'm gonna tell you, Louis Farrakhan said this. You see how they're killing us. Once we start fighting back and killing them, they're going to want to sit down and have a talk and wonder why we're we're finally fighting back. We need to fight back. I'm a firm believer that the reason why things are going on like they are, because like I said all the time, we march. We've been bought out Skittles. We've been bought out T-shirts. They know, all right, we're going to hoop and holler for a few things going to go back to how it was, and and they're going to keep doing the same thing.
1: Until the next and also, Until we shoot
0: one of them motherfuckers in eight years or two I, or three.
1: It's not just it's just the whole I, it's not just one thing. It's so many different sectors of it right as a whole. Like even down to the guy that filmed it. I mean not the guy that filmed it, I'm sorry, the officer. Now they okay. haven't brought any charges against him or anything, but he watched him murder. He watched right. him because they are a tightly knit gang in their how they do things, he wasn't going to do anything. It was like almost the more that the people were saying how wrong it was, the more he was enjoying it. Right? Supposedly, the one that had his um knee on his extra um carotid artery. it was like he had a smirk on his face.
3: Yeah,
1: and that's who I'm that's what I'm supposed to believe is that. There to protect
2: the third me. Yeah, that that philosophy is it, philosophy is, is gone, and I mean even to the point where you look at all the people that have wrongfully been in prison. Even to that point, like we've been paying the price of the judicial okay. system forever. Whether yeah. you went to jail and it wasn't you. Whether you've been, you know, gone from your family for days, weeks, months, years, whether you were shot and in a wheelchair, if you were, you know, look at the young guy that Jay Z did the documentary on,
1: who mm-hmm. eventually
2: just committed suicide.
3: Mm-hmm. The
2: the fact that he had to maintain himself in solitary confinement to protect himself from when he was in prison, wrong I for think the accused. Kendrick something, I believe name yeah. is yeah. Like, I mean, how much is enough enough Hmm. to say it's too much but i agree tyree i mean consistency is key we can't stop fighting you know we got to push the push and fight the fight it's just scary because we've been accustomed to losing the judicial system is big yeah it it, it controls everything it controls the politicians it controls the, the jail system it controls everything everything Right. People, even the streets. I mean, think about how many cops are crooked, and they protecting hustlers and right. murderers and rapists. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a big business. You know, and at the end of the day, I think that's what it boils down to. So, it's it's just scary. I mean, I don't know. It's I, I I haven't ever looked at how the fight could be won. But one thing I can say for sure is that in history, people have emerged that didn't give up, like the Malcolm Xs, the Martin Luther Kings, and those type mm-hmm. of guys. And they fought the fall until somebody took them out, unfortunately, as the expected. But <laughs> so they evoked change. They evoked change because they never gave up. And they started a movement that never stopped. But see, you know, our, our, our generation,
1: because we didn't live through it, we don't, a lot of us don't know what yeah. to do, how to do it. We don't know, or we don't, We, we they install so much fear in us, period. Yep. That we're scared to do anything. Yeah. To make a difference. True. Or to that's show them, okay, I'm, we're not taking it no more. Like it's like we're scared. Like we'll talk but and that's it. We'll protest, but that's it. That's we're it. Actually protecting by all means necessary, an eye for an eye. We don't got that in us. I don't we yeah. don't got it in us. I don't know. And I think it's because we didn't actually live through the hangings, the rape the, you know, the
2: burning right. and all that. We didn't, like, we hear about <clears throat> you know. Yeah, I really we don't appreciate that type of level of sacrifice and fight. Exactly. To that extent. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. the other thing, too, and I totally agree, because back then, uh, our social media was the radio and then the TV, black and white, and then color TV and all that. Mm-hmm. You know, our social media is so based on such bullshit. Sex, more yeah. sex, fashion, <laughs> and money. That's <laughs> you it. Know? I'll post something on credit repair, credit finances, life insurance, and I'll get five views. I post a cute picture and I get 400 Mm -hmm. likes and and a ton of inboxes. And it shows me who people's priorities are. I think that to ourselves, we got to take some more responsibility on, on showing some of the positive side to what is happening. Because I've seen a lot of things that are on the positive side, that are on the judicial side. But we don't we don't give it any care. We don't blow that up so much as we do the negative. And I know why because we're so accustomed to it. And in our mind, this is how it is. And we don't really show the bright light or the sun towards the people that are in that system that are doing positive things. But maybe too, we got to take responsibility for what we do too. Because I've seen the difference between the responses that people give when it's something negative versus something positive. It's like we feed off the. It's like we're brainwashed to love the negative shit. Yes, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? We thrive in, in <clears throat> negativity and, and death and, and people getting shot. It's like this is where we get uh, stimulated. And mm-hmm. it's, it's unfortunate. But mm-hmm. we got to also take the responsibility that if we see a post or an event or something that typically doesn't look normal. I mean, like you see something that, man, that's different. And, and he did a good thing. Post it, talk about it, promote it, you know, be, share it because at the end of the day, if you have any influence, you know, get yourself involved in that because for the guys that are good, they don't get nowhere near as much as attention as the guys that are out there doing the bad shit. And, you know, bad shit gets more attention. So we also got to take responsibility for the fight as much as we're taking responsibility for what we're showing people and what we're influencing and what we're believing in. And. I'm I mean, I've had horrific experience with police officers, but my daughter was pulled over in 83 North. I was in Maryland. Um, I was in Baltimore in a hotel. Uh, I was just out of a surgery. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't walk, talk. I was just out of it. She called me, said, Ma, I got pulled over. And my heart dropped. If this was 1985, if I was a mom then, and they would have said, I got pulled over, I'd have been like, oh, why are you calling me? You got pulled over. Right. Right. And I said, why did you get pulled over? She said, Ma, because I was feeding. By how much? I don't know, but I'm scared. And I couldn't do anything. And I remember crying, and I forced myself to get up, and I was in agony, and I was in pain. And my sister was with me, like, get in the car. Let's go find out. And all she said was, Ma, I got pulled over. She didn't say anything outside of that. Ma, there's a guy with a gun to my head. Mommy, there's, I'm, I'm stuck in the... A... No, all she said was, Ma, I got pulled over. And... And I just started running the thoughts, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. So I was fresh out of surgery, and I remember my sister saying, we got to go. We got to go. We got to find her. And I'm like, where are you? She's like, I don't know. I'm an idiot." And I said, you know what? Let me stop. I said, let me stop right here. And I said, Bailey, just take a step back, breathe it in. What are you pulled over for? And my daughter finally said, my license is suspended. And I'm like, oh, my God, you didn't tell me that. So now it's worse, because now I'm like, she's, something is going to be horrible. And my daughter is a Gemini. She has attitude. She's quick. She talks. But she's super reserved and, and very confident in how she talks at the same time. But I don't know who she's dealing with. I don't know yeah. how this man's night has been. I don't know how this police officer's career has been. I don't know nothing about this guy. All I know is that my daughter got pulled over by a white cop on 83 North at 1 o'clock in the morning. And I can't do shit about it. And this guy comes out and she says, Look, I'm gonna tell you up front, my license is suspended. I just dropped my mom off from having surgery, I just want to go home and I'm tired. And that's how. And this officer was the most respectful, speedy to the point where he told me, asked me how I was doing. Hey, I have your daughter, got pulled over, her license is suspended, I'm gonna let her go. I already acknowledge she's under enough duress because you're in this hotel and you are in a cast. I don't want to cause her any more stress. All I'm saying to her is make sure she gets you know, situated. And is there anything I can do to help you or her? And I'm like, nope. So I'm still thinking like this is a setup. <laughs> <laughs> when I hang up, something horrible is gonna happen. I'm still not processing him being polite, him calling and saying, Hey, is everything okay with you? And so I'm still panicking, I'm crying, I'm telling my sister, let's go, let's go, let's go. And he let her go, he didn't give her a ticket, he gave her a warning. The next day, this officer called me and asked me, hey, are you okay? How did your daughter make out? Did she make it to MVA? And I just wanna to say to you guys that I get it, sometimes it's like that, but make sure your daughter doesn't drive anymore and spend the license. And I'll be 100. I never shared that story until now. He didn't have to call me the next day. He didn't have to tell me, remind your daughter to get it taken care of, you know? Right. But that was my responsibility, if I wanted to, to hop on the social media site that I'm on and say, look, this is what happened. And maybe (laughs) even share his name and his badge. So I'm not saying that it's equal, because I think that the latter of the both is that there's more bad shit going on. But at the same time, it's also our responsibility to share the good when it happens.
0: Right, no
3: different well,
2: listen, than
0: our fight to fight when it's that right. Well, time has past us. So I'm sorry, we gotta wrap it up, Miss Donovan. I appreciate you. Thank
1: you, thank you. I appreciate you guys our, too. It was amazing. It I hope is to what it is, community.
0: Uh, a good credit lesson. Lesson. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, before we go though, can you let the people know how to find you on social media?
2: Sure, it's um Gibbs G I B B S uh, first name Donovan D O N O V A N. And right. you can DM me at any time, I'll shoot you my number and we can set up a free consultation and get you some help as soon as possible. Oh, right.
0: I- hey, hold up before we go though, right? She don't even know I'm gonna do this, right? One day when I first moved in this apartment, right, I was on my way to the show, so I like to promote myself. So I'm promoting myself. I see this young lady, I say, Look, turn to the show on Friday. Blah, 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 blah. She say, I already know who you are. I watched the show. Say what's up. Say what's up. Say what's up, <laughs> say, what's up neighbor. That's Hello. my neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, I already watched the show. You. It's live. You're catching this live. But I definitely appreciate you. And uh, please, 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 I want both of y'all to be safe and be careful in your
1: travels. Absolutely. Likewise. And I have to leave
0: I had to take my neighbor's trash out. That's what I had. To and I just went to my store since I was out there. But thank you for tuning in. Thank you thank for joining you. us. We got to get up out of here.
1: Adios.
0: Is it is radio. Make sure y'all like and share the show. I'm out. Next week. Peace.
1: Bye. Adios.
0: Adios.
1: <laughs>
3: Adios. <laughs>